me just say, it's, it, it does not pass the irony uh, for me to know that uh, today I am preaching on joy. Uh, and quite honestly, I don't feel very joyful at all uh, today. Uh, and so bear with me in that, if you would, please. Um, because I'd hoped that I would be here, and I just can't muster that uh, today. And that's okay, because that's not what real joy is anyway. Uh, and so maybe that's just God reminding me of that uh, while I bring this sermon to you. But what I wouldn't give right now for a great, big, awesome, laughing fit. Have you ever had a laughing fit before where you just kind of start to chuckle and then that chuckle turns into a guffaw and then that guffaw just continues to go and you're trying to catch your breath and as you're trying to catch your breath you just think of the thing that made you laugh or the fact that you can't seem to stop laughing and you then just continue to laugh more and more and more and then if you're lucky and you're with other people after they stop looking at you strangely as if something odd was going on with you they then begin to sort of snicker and then guffaw and then begin to laugh and they begin to try and catch their breath and then you're kind of going back and forth as one is going okay 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 and then you begin all over again have you have you had that experience before In 1994, there was a church that had that experience. It's called the Toronto Blessing. And it was a group of people in Toronto that they believed that because the Spirit had come upon them, they began to have holy laughter. They would just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh, and that was their service. Sounds fun. The heritage of the Churches of Christ rests at Cane Ridge, Kentucky. I don't know if you know that, in the States. And at Cane Ridge, Kentucky, they had uh, the beginning of a prayer service and a communion service. And there were people that got so uh, excited and so uh, happy about what was going on that they actually went outside and began to bark up trees. For a long time, they called them the barkers. And they would just bark up trees. Now that seems a little bit more weird of a service to be a part of. But there's something about us that knows that laughter is contagious, that it can bring about us doing something and joining in, that we can get gathered in. And we really sort of gravitate towards that. Unlike what we see in movies like The Stepford Wives or The Truman Show, when we watch those movies, we see this facade of niceness that's taking place, this life that everything seems idyllic, that things are just the way they're supposed to be, and how could life get any better? But underneath it all, we know that there's trials and tribulations and falsehoods and all those things. And so in this Advent season, in the in-between, in the now and not yet, we look at what joy is, that God calls us to joy. As a matter of fact, we read in Galatians that joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And so if you are following Christ, if you've been grabbed by Him, if He has invaded you, you are, and taken over, then you should be producing joy. Joy should be present in your life. That passage in Isaiah that we read said not only should we be producing joy, but it promises that we are joy. That as people, we are joy. So think for a minute. When do you experience joy? Is it 
when you have a brand new baby and you see that beautiful face or uh, a niece or a nephew is born and you see them and there's just something that catches you and you say, got to see the baby. And there's joy. Is it first love, that first time that you realize that that is a special person to me? Is it a great meal? That might just be for me. You just have it, and you taste it, and you say, oh my golly, this is so good. Or is it a friendship that you know you can count on, and there's always joy in that friendship? The one thing that we do know is that joy is much more than just a happy feeling. It's a much deeper emotion. Thomas Reynolds, who's a theologian in Canada, wrote this. He said, human life seeks more than survival alone. It seeks to flourish and to find itself affirming within a larger framework of values and purpose. Life seeks to delight in living it. It seeks joy. Our lives do seek joy. They want to feel it. And really, joy starts off as a work. A work that happens within us, a work that we step into, that we begin to pursue. And in that, it soon becomes a state of being, which then leads to a way of life. And so it starts as a work. So we need to know then what joy seeks. What does joy seek after? What does it look for? Well, the first thing that joy seeks for is it seeks for contentment, not comfort. It seeks for contentment, not comfort. You see, our lives can often be filled with us trying to figure out and find those places where we feel most comfortable. That this is a, so when something goes just a little awry in our lives and it affects our comfort just a wee bit, then we begin to wonder what's going on in the world. But joy says, no, I seek contentment, which means that in all things, in all circumstances, there is something within me and outside of me that is saying, Something else is in control. Something else gives us the ability to go, there is something greater than just my comfort. Joy also seeks wholeness and not happiness. You see, we recognize that if we just want to be happy all the time, that we're going to miss out. That we must experience the wholeness of life and what it is. And that includes tears, that includes sorrow, that includes pain. And joy actually seeks out after those things. Because joy is something that God gives us that gives us the ability to rest in the midst of those things. And so it seeks wholeness, not just happiness. It seeks well-being and not just feeling well. Joy seeks us having well-being, that all of our lives, that everything about us can be pushed towards joy, can be pursued by God in that way. And not just feeling well. Like, yeah, I feel all right. Because we know there are times where we won't. Joy seeks to build up and not to puff up. No, no, that's a big one for us. There's a big difference between being built up and being puffed up. Being built up says, I can take 
not just your great things, which there are many great things about all of us here, but I can also take the not-so-great things and that I can work with those to bring about good for yourself and for humanity. What joy does not do is puff up, which is to say, you're great all the time. All the time, you're great. It's to say, I I am the one who knows all the answers. That's puffing up. Joy doesn't do that. Joy also seeks to resist despair, but not to avoid it. It's unafraid to look at the reality of the world. Joy says, I need to see it in its full spectrum so that I can feel and know this emotion completely. That I don't avoid it, but I do resist it. That joy pushes against it. It gives an answer to it that's beyond ourselves. Joy seeks to receive and not to expect. Joy wants to receive things that God gives us. It wants to receive the blessings that are provided. It wants to receive the trials that come our way. It wants to receive all the goodness that is this earth. But it doesn't expect it. It doesn't say, it is my right to have these things. That's happiness. That's not joy. And joy seeks the possibility and not the problem on the horizon. It looks at every opportunity and everything that is taking place as a way to walk in joy, as a way to live out what this really is. But it doesn't look for the problems on the horizon so that it can plan for it. That's what the Stoic philosophy does. I know it well. I'm a Stoic. I like it. I like it because it doesn't allow us to deal with our emotions. It allows us to be in check to be proper and right. I like it because it gives me the ability to say, I'm okay when I worst case scenario everything in the world. (laughs) When I say to myself, when my wife gets in the car to drive to a birthday party, I assume that she'll die in a car wreck. Now, listen, that's weird. But a stoic does that, why? So that if it happens, I'm prepared. If it doesn't, I'm joyful. (laughs) That is looking at the problems on the horizon. What joy does is it allows those things to appear and sees them as possibilities. How will God be revealed in these things? The last thing that I want to say that joy seeks is this. Joy seeks relationship, not just passing passion. A lot of times, we can be about the business of passing passion. We can go after those things that make us feel good in the moment and surpass relationship. Because relationship is a place of give and take. Relationship is a place where we will have to work through some things because we each have our own ideas and our own identities and our own hearts and our own desires. But joy says, oh no, passing passion gives you nothing, but relationship gives you everything. And that's the reason why joy is a vulnerable emotion that God has created. Because joy opens us up to every possibility and every person around us. 
Joy, when we step into joy, opens us up to say, here I am, just as I am. I'll accept you when you accept me. See, joy arises as a practice of love. It arises as a mindset of generosity. That joy is a place where we step into because we have seen and heard God speak into our hearts. That he says, when you come into Christ, I give you joy. He says, you are joy. Mary Clark, when she's thinking about this, she wrote a book called Caring for Joy. She says this, the experience of joy are more received than achieved. Experiencing joy is more received than achieved. Joy is sometimes hard to take in. Joy can bring about a sense of vulnerability. How is joy, that thing that we think, if I have this, it'll be great. (laughs) How can it open us up to a place of vulnerability? Why is it hard for us to receive joy? Because in that moment, when joy is being produced and brought about in us, it opens us up to who we truly were made to be. And that can be scary. And that's the reason why joy, above all things else, relies on community. Joy has to be fashioned and set within community. That it can't just be separate and isolated. Yes, sometimes I will sit there and laugh all by myself at something that I think is funny. And that's great. But joy, these things that it seeks, requires us to live with others. And not just the community that is the church, not just those of us who are gathered here today, those of us who maybe even say, yes, Jesus is my Savior, but joy actually requires all of community. Those who do not know Jesus, those who don't follow Jesus, you're required in that as well. Because my joy wouldn't be incomplete if I do not interact with all of humanity in the way that God has brought us together. It relies on community. Because it's only in community that I am able to see myself reflected in those other people. And I'm able then to begin to notice and see those areas and places in my life where joy is firmly working and where joy is not. And when we give each other the right to look at each other and go, how are you doing? Where are you at? I see this. (laughs) I love you enough. That's when joy steps in. How do we know that? Well, we know it from John 15. Because in John 15, Jesus talks about wanting our joy to be full. He says this in John 15, 11. He's talking about commandments that he's given them. And he says this, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be filled. So what are those things? This is the commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Joy Joy is the response of love. And I'm super excited that next week, Clint is going to be preaching on love for us so that we'll be able to hear that. But joy operates and springs from that love. 
that God wants our joy to be full, and it is only full when we love each other. When we obey that command, when we step into it and know, yes, these people love me and I love them. Joy looks like this. Not that, that's me taking a drink of water. Joy looks like this. Um, when I decided that maybe I should start pursuing preaching and teaching and being a pastor of a church again. So I'd been one, and I'd stepped away, and I'd sold homes and done some other things. And I went to the elders of the church that I was in, and I said, I, I would like to do this. I'd like, I, I believe that God made me to do this. this is, can you guys help me get there? And they said, yes, we will. And so the first thing that they did is they asked my wife. And my wife was very strong at that moment, and she said, I couldn't sit under him as a pastor right now. That's joy. That's joy. Why is it joy? Because she knew my heart. In relationship, she knew my heart and was able to say, no, there are places and areas that God still is working on. That's joy. Then, my fellow brothers in Christ, those elders, sat down and they pulled out a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, they had written me a letter. And they read that letter to me. And the first part was great, and it made me really happy. Told me all the things that I was good at. So it was about that long. And then the rest of the letter consisted of things and areas that they saw as sins in my life and places that I needed to allow God to work through. Now, I went home that night, and I'll just let you know I'm a bit of a cusser. And so I cussed them out at home. I didn't cuss them out to their face. And I went to sleep. And I woke up in the morning with joy. Joy because they cared enough about me to know the brokenness that I was walking in to pursue me so that I could know the fullness of God's grace. And I looked at my wife and I said, who just obviously assumed we were done and we weren't going back to that church. And I said, those men have my heart. I don't understand it. But let's do this. That's joy. Joy says, I will step into life with you. That we will walk together and we will make each other's joy complete because we love one another. Psalm 51, 12 says this, Restore to me the joy of my salvation that only comes through Jesus. And so if you are here and you are wondering, why are these, these times that I feel this great emotion that I get what I can only best describe as happiness? Let me tell you that some of those are God and his goodness giving you a taste of something so far beyond. And don't be nervous by it because it will make you vulnerable. <laughs> but don't be nervous by it. Step into it. And those of us who have by God's good grace, seen his face and acknowledged him as a Savior and Lord. 
seek the restoration of the joy of your salvation. Know that no matter the circumstances, no matter what is going on, that there can be joy. It doesn't mean that you smile all the time. It doesn't mean that we laugh all the time. What it means is that we pursue one another in love. And our joy is made complete. Let's pray. Father, you are good to us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for what it does for us and how it brings about our joy. It makes it complete. Teach us the hard lesson of joy. Teach it to us gently. (laughs) It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.